Welcome to the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Get ready to enter the portal of your cosmic heart so you feel bliss, joy, and union within. With each episode, you will learn practical ways to embody love in your life so it is felt and experienced. Co-hosted by Nasreen Barbeck and Jessica Falcon. Welcome to the Radically Embody Love podcast with myself, Jessica Falcon, and my beautiful co-host, Nazrin Barbic. We have a special episode for you today. Um, Nas actually has received like a, a vision and a message that she wants to share that I haven't even heard yet. And so she wanted to be really raw and real for the community. And so we're going to start with Nas talking about her what personal journey and vision that she received. And and then we'll go from there because I don't even know what it is. So Nas, tell us a little bit about what's been happening in your life and what's been going on. Thank you, Jessica. Just to be very transparent, um, we are recording this episode, but we're not sure when we're going to re- release it or if we're going to release it. But I feel like we need to do this Um because it's very raw. And I just recently went through this and I am doing it right now for the, my own personal uh, reasoning that I hope that it helps me get back to a little bit of uh, norm, which I don't know what that is. But I want to start with about three week, weekends ago that I went for a soul quest journey in Shenandoah Valley Mountain, which I spent the day fasting. I That was the second day of fasting for me. And I started with the sunrise and ended with the sunset, just picking a location in nature that resonated with me and just sitting there and I just witnessing the nature and being in the nature. And after, and I don't know exactly the timing because I didn't have uh, any device with me. After a while of sitting there, a group of deer showed up and the one that seems to be a leader looked at me and we just stared. And then she did something strange. She stepped his foot like he wanted to scare me off. And I just sat there and looked at her, her of him. And then the same thing was repeated about five times. Eventually, I said out loud, I'm not going in anywhere. And then he just turned around and the rest of them followed him and left. The reason I'm sharing this because this thing came back to me later on in another ceremony. And then yet again, this time, one showed up and I got a feeling that 
they were trying to scare me off and I couldn't understand it. And I kept sitting there. And I decided to close my eyes, although the purpose of soul course is not to meditate. I just closed my eyes and wanted to meditate for 10 minutes. And before I started uh, my sitting, I did ask for the spirit of natives in that land to allow me to be there. And I just sat down and closed my eyes for 10 minutes. And when I opened my eyes, I saw the spirit of native rising. And I, I was just in awe, I couldn't understand it. So this thing happened and I had no clue of the messages trying to give me or what I was receiving. And then fast forward to weekend of November 17, 18, I was part of a shamanic ceremony for two nights. And I've done this before. This was, I think, my fifth ceremony. But this was no ordinary ceremony for me this time. The first night, it was semi-ordinary. And I was in the conflict between my ego mind and my higher self. And before I started the ceremony, my intention was to let go of my ego and to truly embody my higher self. And that went on for a long time. There was a negotiation going on. And at the end, the peace came in by understanding that my ego will never go away, but it would step down. And Jessica, if I don't bring this at the end, remind me, because I, again, I couldn't understand that until the second night happened. And then that was the first night I felt very peaceful the next day. And I felt that something was resolved within me. And that day, as I was walking in nature before the ceremony, I just had this feeling of something big going to happen in the second night. And I just couldn't really understand the depth of that for me. And the second night started like usual until I went very deep. This has never happened to me. I was going fast like <laughs> lightning in a tunnel of light. And it seems like I dropped, I was now in a scene of global darkness, immense suffering, immense destruction. Now, what, why is this significant? Because it was terrifying. And I opened my eyes, but I couldn't get out of it. I was still really in that reality. Like before in my journey, I would open my eyes, I would realize I'm in the room. But this time, my eyes was open, but I was still witnessing what was going on. I asked for help. I remember hearing myself, I need help. And I was asking for the helper to ground me, but I was still witnessing what was, I was told the future of humanity. 
in a way. It was very painful because I could feel the suffering and the pain. And I remember screaming, saying, stop, stop, they're destroying the earth because like there was war everywhere. And I felt that all the innocent children who were dying, saying that they haven't, they, ha they didn't die for nothing. So this is gonna go on. And it became so much intense that I couldn't handle it anymore. At that point, the helper noticed there's something happening, like my body was in fire. I heard them, but I couldn't see them because I was in the other scene that if they want me to move me to outside and it's not 21 degree outside. And, and I apparently I nodded because they moved me, but I couldn't feel anything. I was still in the scene. And I remember screaming, enough, enough, I can't take it. And all of a sudden, everything collapsed in one point and exploded. And I'm not kidding, Jessica. I saw the sunrise on one side and moon on the other side. And I was told that we are in the new world order. And I saw three pillar of lights, which I don't want to give a lot of detail about that. I was given name. And the strangest thing was that they were there to help whatever left our humanity to negotiate and transmute new energy to us. At one second, I was feeling the pain and suffering of which happened to be Muslims and trying to get to the point that they're willing to agree with the new peace deal. And the second, I was a Jewish person that was trying to accept what is coming up and what they need to accept for us to have new order and live a peaceful life. This went on and on for a while. And it was strange that I would keep switching between different people and different consciousness and trying to come up with an acceptance. And the Three pillars were just creating a space there, and they were there. They were not at all trying to enforce anything. And then it happened. And the peace, the humanity created, which was created out of light, love, and law. That's what I was told. And we start seeing the oneness within all of us. And they announced really the, the word that new dawn has begun. And then I felt the immense love and peace within me. I remember there was time that I felt like I would never get out of this when I was going through the seeing the horror. And I, and I kept saying, I can never come back from this. But then I moved to this new, what they call world order, which was so beautiful and peaceful. And then eventually I 
got a little bit back and opened the movement inside. And then it was immense joy. My heart was expanded. And all throughout the night, I didn't want to close my eyes because I didn't want to end it. And yet, I was so sure that happened. Jessica, all night, I was sure that when I wake up in the morning, it's going to be the new dawn. It was so real. I can't even explain it, that how real it was. And the messages that I received after that, I was trying to, I was still not fully back, but aware of something that changed me forever, the experience. But to ground it and bring it to my own personal life, I was told that I need to resolve all conflict in my life. I need to create and hold on to this peace that I'm feeling now. And I want to, I guess the message that I want to give is that the only thing that we can do right now in this world is doing our own work. Where are we in conflict in life? With who? And create that peace and harmony. What I was told that the global darkness that we were experiencing is part of the divine design. That divine, that one, oneness include light and darkness and it is a dance of light and darkness that we create through. And there is no good or bad and we need to drop all the judgment. Even the people that we think they're evil and creating this destruction are part of the design and part of the mystery and necessary. So that's the part that I would really still struggling to understand. But that's, I am just sharing what I, what I received. And in the new world order, we do receive the Christ consciousness which is based on light, love, and law. And we will experience the oneness. But here it comes back to the first night. We will all keep our individuality. We will not dissolve in oneness of not recognizing who we are. And we need that. We need our own flavor in, to continue. And the other thing that I received was the new archetype is being born, which is in a way replacing the invisible child to innocent child that will not be willing to be quiet and not seen. And this is as much as I think would be uh, in a way useful to share at this time because I did receive a lot of other other transmission and information that I'm still trying to process. But I have to say it took me a while to just get over the tremendous suffering and 
I don't know the timeline. I know the timeline can shift, but where I am sitting right now, what experience, I have no doubts that we will experience something similar to that. But what I was given is hang in there because the ending is beautiful. So Jessica, now you have it. Most part, <laughs> what I experienced. I know it's not easy to share an experience like that. And so I honor you for having the courage to speak your truth and to share what feels like, I imagine, a very vulnerable experience and vision in the way in which you described how, you know, it started with a soul quest and then went into the ceremony and then has even been revealing itself to you more afterwards. And one of the things I find really interesting is that it started with the deer because the deer represents heart, has historically represented the heart, even in the Vedic chakra system, you know, thousands of years ago, the deer is on the heart chakra. And deer also represents a woman coming into her power. Because what is feminine power? Love, divine love, unconditional love. And then it started with the deer. I don't find it a coincidence that you are now sharing publicly something that is a deep truth, which is also your power. And so I see the symbolism of the circular nature of this starting with the deer and then the deer coming again and almost like the deer saying like leave and you're like no I'm staying I'm here and the children saying we're not going to be invisible we're going to use our voices all of that comes back to even this moment of you using your voice and you being in your power and you saying that the end result is love and how do we get through this love there's not a coincidence to me and the symbolism of your story. And one of the things that, you know, you talked about is this, you know, we have this ego, right? And we also have this soul, higher self, however you want to call it, this, this eternal aspect of ourselves. And it's true, the ego will never go away, as long as we are in physical form, because as long as we are in physical form, we are going to see and know ourselves as separate because that's part of physicality. That is actually why we came to earth is to experience that. What a gift for the soul. And if you believe in multidimensional realities, galaxies and other planets and the eternal nature of the soul, the soul is like vine to come to earth because even though there's duality which i want to touch on as well and talk more with you about that even though there's duality and there's conflict and there's all of this there has been historically the soul is like wow i get to learn so much and experience so much of myself in physicality that i don't get to without a body that i don't get to without duality it is like the massive learning ground for the soul and the, the suffering is only the result of us forgetting that we are that, forgetting that we are at our root, a soul, divine, eternal love, one with source, one with all that is. What is source? 
the same words you used, light, love, I would add an abundance. That is source. And it is that you said the light, love and law, which I always, when I think of law, I think of order, like where it's not so chaotic, right? There's order, there's, there's, um, and, and that doesn't have to mean law, legal, right? That, that can mean clarity. That can mean, you know, um, certainty and structure that can mean way more than just law mm-hmm. and actual law. And I love that you use those words as, you know, this is how we get through this. This is how we come out of this because, you know, there are so many, uh, fear-based predictions of the future and fear-based people that are channeling these fear-based futures. And, you know, I, I personally choose not to engage or support anything that is fear-based that isn't coming from a place of love, right? And one of the things I like about your sharing is that at your root, you're, you're holding that love and that future of love. And because it is love that can prevent and shift the timeline. It is love that can create the future we actually desire individually and collectively. And so if we're focusing on fear and all these stories and sagas, and that doesn't do us any good. What serves us is, as you said, that inner cultivation, it is inner work, that inner cultivation of peace, the inner cultivation of love, the inner cultivation of the light that we are remembering, we are divine, and then not only knowing it intellectually, but truly embodying it, right? To to bring that into our words, into our choices, into our actions, into our relationships, and no longer identify solely as this separate thing. Because when we come into that unity consciousness, which is love, which is heart, that unity consciousness we cultivate shifts our own frequency, our own life, and the future of the collective. And so that's that's something so beautiful that I see in your experience is that you were able to see that this this duality is something we get to transcend and if we want the world to change we have to change right we we are the collective we are a huge part of that and so to put the power outside of ourselves is denying our own power of love going back to the deer (laughs) that was the message throughout more than ever now i know the only solution for us is love. There is nothing else. Love and dissipating the illusion of separation and recognizing that everything happening for us and I think in our journey from what I receive now, what I can do. I know the importance of embodiment of the divinity, doing our practices to really embody. That's what I got the message when I came back. I mean, miracle, like the conflict was resolved in 
couple of relationships that I've had and I was a, a struggling. It's just amazing. But I am committed. I vow that I will resolve all the conflict within me. And I will open what, what I realized. You know, the first night I was given also this message that I know how to do hard things. And we don't know how to do easy things, simple things. And the second night, it was all about that. I was just, as I was sitting, I was receiving. I'm like, you know how much energy it takes for us to close our heart? How much simpler it is to open our their heart. I would just experience that. And it could be easy if you let go of all the illusion of separation and hate and disharmony within ourselves. Then open our heart. It actually is easier way of being than carrying all that conflict and closing our heart. I don't care who, like the message that I got, again, we can't judge because we don't know. The, the people that we might think as dark or evil are playing a role in this creation. And we just need to have our heart open. And part of, I think, our journey is a journey of forgiveness. And that's going to be huge for all of us to go through this transition. And but what I was told is, like, we need to root down to rise up. And there is, you know deep meaning in that, what it means to root down. And the fact that nature is playing a role in this. The earth is alive and conscious and is helping us. And it's important for us to spend time in nature. And because we get informed as we just let go and allow to receive. But I am hopeful with all the like pain and suffering that I witnessed, Jessica. I think something is shifting in humanity. I know we're not there and we are in the process. And I know it's still tough time are, you know, in our picture, but I think, I think we can do it. We can and I, and suffering even in ancient mythology is the forgetfulness that we are divine because then we identify with just the physicality or just what we see with our physical eyes instead of seeing the divine in each person in each circumstance in ourselves and i see so many people who are like, yeah, I'm divine. I know I'm a soul. Yeah, that's great to know that intellectually. It's a completely different experience to truly allow love to permeate every single aspect of your being. Because what is it to embody your divinity? It is true radical love for yourself that then overflows to everyone and everything else. Because once you truly recognize your soul, you can't help but recognize and honor the soul of everyone else, no matter what harm they have. You don't condemn another person because you recognize that when you condemn another person, you're condemning yourself. 
Because when you cast another person out of love, you're not recognizing the infinite love in them, in you, and all that is. And so it makes it easier to forgive, not because you say it's okay. We're human. We're still going to be horrified by things that are happening, as we should be. Because when we're not horrified, it means we're apathetic, which means we're not feeling, which means we're not present. (laughs) You can still be horrified. And the forgiveness is they clearly don't see. They are blind to the truth of who they are. As as Jesus said on the cross, you know, in this in that myth, that story, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They know not what they do because they have forgotten who they are. They have forgotten their own divinity. It is that forgetfulness that allows us to kill, to harm, to hurt, to have war. When you war, what is war? War is saying. I have a right to live and you don't. I have a right to choose and you don't. It is it is blindness to the divine in the other, which is the result of being blind to oneself, one's own divinity. It is the result of that. And so if anybody listening wants to change the world, <laughs> you start by you recognizing your own divinity because here's the thing. We are each part of the collective field. And you can shift the frequency of not only your own life and experience, but the world and the collective. When you grid your divinity onto this planet, when you choose love in every moment, you frequency-wise, energetically-wise, affect everyone in every room you ever enter. And every thought you have, in every conversation, you are that embodiment. You shift the collective. So if you want to change the world, you literally can do so from the comfort of your own home, Mm -hmm. (laughs) from you shifting your own consciousness and coming into love. And and I want to make a quick note about love because, you know, I'm so passionate about this that the The hard part is that we mistake love for something it's not. And we are so conditioned, particularly as women, to believe that love is giving oneself away and just seeing the other person and silencing ourselves and avoiding conflict and making people happy. None of that is love. None of that is love. It is putting another before you. None of that is love. Love actually what it really requires is for us to because we are love at our root what is blocking love ego separation so in order to come into love what we actually have to do is not get rid of the ego as you said Ness, but to align our thoughts and beliefs to the truth of the soul to the truth of love because what is the frequency of our soul love yeah, and one thing you said that I experienced, I was showing a couple of people in my life that I felt they caused me a lot of pain were here to help me awaken, and I see the truth on 100%. Mm-hmm. That's why I think we can never judge. It's not that they totally live in the illusion, which they are, but they live in it so they can help us awaken. Like That's the part that is hard to see. 
that everything has a reason that we cannot see. And in this, we are part of a mystery that there is, there is the order in the chaos that we cannot see, you know? And again, going back to trust and having faith that even though our human mind cannot grasp or cannot see the need for suffering or cannot see the reasoning, that there is out of the chaos will come order. And I totally now with every cell in my being believe in that. <laughs> that is necessarily necessary for us and this time to experience some of that, to help us awaken truly to who we truly are and collectively get out of the illusion of separateness. I can say the same thing, you know, that I, I look at some of the most difficult relationships in my life and, and, or struggles. And I look at, wow, like with, you know, I've talked previously on this podcast about my ex-husband and my relationship. And I am so grateful. I know that even though there was a lot of darkness in him and in that relationship, that it helped me come into my truth, to stand in my truth no matter what. It helped me come into my power. I was able to see what was not my truth to claim what is my truth through that contrast, through that duality. I was able to see myself to, to claim love, to claim light, to claim I am. And and without the contrast, right? Again, that's why the soul has chosen to come to earth to experience that. And I also think that we are entering a time in which we can choose individually to come out of duality into unity consciousness without waiting for the rest of the world to do mm -hmm. that because it's our own individual consciousness that chooses unity, which what is unity? Love. Where is that? Heart. So heart consciousness. And when we choose that, we choose to see the divine and everything happening in the world, even when it's difficult to witness. When we choose to recognize the divine and everyone around us by doing that work in ourselves and recognizing our own divinity, which is quite a journey. Like, again, I don't want to make it sound like it's easy. I've been personally, you know, consciously embodying my divinity for many, many years now. And I guide my clients how to do that. And it is a process. It is a journey of simultaneously rooting in and connecting to the truth of who you are and releasing all that you are not. Because the journey is releasing the ego, releasing the inherited beliefs, releasing the programming releasing the conditioning, releasing the soul trauma, right? That's the quote work, but it's done rooted in the truth of who we are. And it's the freedom for ourselves, our relationships and the collective that is the result, right? And so it's not like it's a quick, 
oh, now I recognize I'm divine and everything else. No, it's a, it's a constant process of choosing love, mm-hmm. constant process of choosing union and wholeness, starting with coming into wholeness and union within. Yeah. I want to mention something you said that and the importance of that. I do believe more than ever is important for us to do our individual work because that's how we can shift the timeline if we can. More of us become conscious of who we truly are and open our heart to who we are, the, the easier the transition will be. I feel like we cannot stop the transition. We are going to do it one way or another with the tremendous suffering and pain in the world or with an easier way to transition. But the key is the more of us get together and open up what needs to be open so we can, because we can. Like one thing I remember I was screaming, enough, enough, I can't handle it. At the same time, I was shown that there's all within me. There is nothing that is not within me and I can handle it. I am built for this moment of transition. And then when we think there's too much and we can't handle it, yet we can handle even more. And then if we trust that, that we don't need to defend ourselves constantly by closing our heart, that think that we are safe if we do that is opposite of that. The more we trust to open our heart and trust the process, the easier it gets. That's what I understood by, I don't know how to do it simple and I'm complicating you know, I know how to co- do complicated thing. I was getting this message, not the simple thing. Just to sit and be in that open awareness, love and kindness that we are. The open, loving consciousness, awareness that we have within us. The more we just sit in it and trust it and stop wanting to defend ourselves, the easier it gets. Absolutely. And and I would love to to share my own personal experience of realizing this year through my own circumstances and situations happening that the closure of our heart that happens, like and we think we're protecting ourselves from a person or a situation or what I realized is that anytime I close my heart, I'm actually giving my power away to the other person because my truth is love. I am love. I embody love. My truth is that I am an eternal soul that has an infinite source of love available to me and to the world. When I close my heart out of fear or judgment of another or condemning them, Because it's okay to say the behavior is not okay without condemning the person. That's a Mm -hmm. whole different thing. When, if I close my heart in hatred and rage and anger, which I did for many lifetimes, I think we've talked about this against the masculine and and really purifying my heart around that. That was in two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I realized that for me to do that is actually to deny the divine I am. 
And so, yes, the ego wants to close the heart. The ego wants to protect because it believes it is separate. It believes in separation. It wants to defend. The reality is when we can recognize that's ego and how do we dissolve the ego and align the ego? Love. And to love the part of ourselves that wants to close, that wants to protect, then we get to bring that part of us back into love. Mm-hmm. Love as a unity of opposite, divine masculine and divine feminine, light and uh, darkness, all of it. Yeah, exactly. I have to say something just so funny. I um, I think I've announced before on the podcast that I have soul embodiment Sundays, and I am actually. I just announced that our last one, I'm changing the name to the Temple of Divine Union for this very reason, because I was really sitting with like, what does that actually mean to embody your soul? Well, it means divine union and to come into that union between masculine and feminine, Mm -hmm. light, dark, body, soul, spirit, matter. And what I really want to do is create a global community in which we are doing that each month and gathering together to do that. So it's called Temple of Divine Union. I haven't changed on the website yet, but I have to say that because it's so, um, It I just realized how deeply, like I know my mission is union. My soul mission is union, which is love, which is heart consciousness. But I hadn't realized how much this divine union is essential for everything not just ourselves not just our relationships not just our lives it is the shift it is the collective shift it is ascension like it is it is the end all be all (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah how does it feel now that you've shared this publicly i feel comfortable airing this live i feel lighter for sure for sharing it uh because this is the first time I'm sharing it like this. Um, I've been trying to process some of it by myself, and it's not that easy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think we can air it, you know, and uh, just let people take from it whatever they need to, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, really everything we do is on every episode, because mm-hmm. it's always up to you as a listener to decide what resonates for you and what doesn't. And if it doesn't resonate for you, toss it to the side with love, mm-hmm. with respect. Mm-hmm. It's not yours. You don't have to take it in. And mm-hmm. if it does resonate with you, beautiful. It can offer wisdom and insight for your own path. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, I honor you for having the courage to share and to bring this into a conversation around duality and light and dark. And and more importantly, what I receive from your story and your sharing is that level of individual responsibility we each have and to take that very seriously moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And the mission that I have, which is more than ever became clear, is just embody the love and compassion that I think we all need to move through this time. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you all for being here and 
We hope there are some beautiful golden nuggets you can take. Feel free to leave a comment. Let us know if you have questions, what you have received from this episode. Share it with those you think that might benefit from this. And you can follow us at Radically Embodied Love on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And we hope you have a beautiful, loving day. Love and blessing. Thank you.